1: All right, welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. You get more than just heat content. We cover the other South Florida teams as well. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. We do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. The NBA season may be over, but there's plenty to bet on at Better Edge. Go to BetterEdge.com. Use the code 5RSN, that's the number 5RSN, and you get $20 to play. This is legal sports betting even in the state of Florida where we don't have that yet. You can do this because you're not betting against the book. You're betting against others who use the same exact product. And the other cool thing about this is you can find the line you want. You post the line, you see who else decides to join on the other side. This is kind of like betting against your friends. It's a social betting app. Check it out at betteredge.com. Use that code 5RSN. MLB's on there right now. WNBA is on there right now. And of course, uh, get ready for football season. You'll want to use this a lot when you get there. But get your $20 now. Go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay.
2: Yikes. Yikes five on the floor ride for my dogs here's the thing you can check the score hustle hard couple scars rain
0: bubble frogs just like but said, you in trouble y'all check the floor plan got a all band y'all seen the block stop in one hand Pat we trust
2: it's fine have the guts we here to bring the heat y'all can hang it up
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And we love our independent content creators here. And I know this guy for more than a decade. We used to cover the Chicago Bulls. He now covers the Portland Trailblazers. You can find him on Twitter at Hikin. That's H-A-G-H-K-I-N. And you can also find the Rose Gardner Report. Make sure you check that out. You can find the link to that on his Twitter feed. It is Sean Heiken. As I mentioned, he covers the Portland Trailblazers. I wonder what we're going to talk about today, Sean.
3: I'm assuming you probably just want, you know, to just you know, trade Justice Winslow stories. Just, yes. That's about it. Yes. <laughs> I can't imagine what else. Yeah, just Justice Winslow stories. All right. We're going to get to Dame today. Uh, people have been asking us to get to
1: Dame. We didn't want to do it ourselves. We do have an episode up. On bradley beal so make sure you check that out there's been some more developments over the course of the day since then so we'll be updating you we'll mention our off the floor feed a little bit later in the episode because that's one of the places we will be updating you but obviously the whale that most heat fans really want is dame lillard and so sean is just going to make heat fans feel really good about this during <laughs> that, the 20 minutes about the chances of this actually happening uh but l- let's go before we get to the chances of it happening which is where this head's let's go through some of the backstory about how we got here because Sean, it's every year is dame gonna ask out is dame gonna ask out is dame gonna ask out and dame has never asked out but there's a lot more noise this time it feels like than other times and some of it is where the information is coming from some of it is coming from dame himself and some of it is coming from chris haynes who we know has a very close relationship personal relationship with Dame Lillard. And then there are specific teams that have been mentioned like Miami as one of them. And so that's gotten heat fans very excited. And it's also made heat fans wonder, okay, do you go all in for Bradley Beal uh, whose contract is not particularly good, uh, which makes him sort of not the same kind of asset he used to be. If that's going to preclude you from gaining Dame Lillard, if Dame Lillard ultimately does force his way out of Portland. So I'll go to this. what when you, Before we get to the chances of it, As you look at it, has there been more noise in your view this time? Like, is it closer
3: than it's been before? I would actually say it's still not as close as it was in the summer of 21, which was when they lost in the first round to a Denver team that didn't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter. And then the general manager got up at a press conference and said that the first round loss was not a product of the roster. And then when he started to get some blowback for his coaching hire, tried to put it on Dame, even though it was his hire. I think at that point, Dame was really looking around like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. And then in the six months after that, he won a power struggle with that general manager and then signed an extension. And I think think the stuff now is... Very much, you know, I obviously I I saw the Showtime interview that everybody else saw that I think is where a lot of this stuff is coming from. I think what he's trying to do here, he does not actually want to leave Portland. He is not trying to set up, oh, well, you know, if I just put this out there now, then I'm going to, you know, get to Miami. He is is not going into this offseason thinking, oh, I got to get to a big market or I want to get to Miami or I want to get to Brooklyn. He wants... And he's said consistently the whole time, you know, his whole career, he wants to play his entire career in Portland. He also wants to actually have a chance to compete. And so I think this whole, I don't want to call it a media tour because it was really one interview that he did, and then he did an Instagram Live basically clarifying that interview. So if you want to call that a media tour, you can. But I think he really wants to drive home You know, how strongly he feels that, you know, the Blazers are in a position right now where they have the number three overall pick in the draft, which is six days away. And it's a draft where, you know, obviously we know who's going number one. There's no drama there. But the guys who are projected to go two and three, Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller in whatever order you want to put them in, are the types of prospects that would go number one in most drafts. And. Thus, they could get a lot for that pick if they decided to make it available, and I think a lot of this recent stuff is Dame basically saying to Joe Cronin and to the rest of the front office, I'd really like it if you would trade this pick for somebody who can help me compete right now.
1: Does he have a preference, uh, and then and then I'll bring Allison on this, does he have a preference of what kind of player he wants to play with that's out there on the veteran trade market, because look, we had Sam Amick on, and then I heard, and, and I've heard Winhorse horse uh, say this, and I heard Zach Lowe say this, that there really is not a trade out there at the moment for the kind of player who is going to make Portland an immediate contender that, you know, you can talk about some of the guys in Toronto, maybe, or some of the others. But I mean, if you look at the Western conference right now, you've got Denver, which looks formidable coming back, right? Uh, we don't know how the health situation goes with the Clippers. It's always up in the air. Phoenix has Durant and Booker. So there's like teams on one track. And then there's teams like Oklahoma City and Utah, to a certain degree New Orleans.
3: We'll see what they do. That's like, probably oh. something we're going to get to. Well, that I'm also sure
1: we are. You know, exactly. <laughs> but they have all these first-round picks over the next – like they are have hoarded. Those three franchises are hoarding the first-round picks. So it's like it almost feels like in the West you need to pick a track. Like you're either trying to compete with Denver right now or you got to get in line before Utah and particularly Oklahoma City blow past you in the next few years because you've got Presti and Ainge are going to be sitting there with all these picks that they can trade for stars to finish it off. So I guess I start here. Does he have a preference for a veteran player that he wants to play with? And if not, does he want to play with Scoot? Does he want to play with Miller? Because, I mean, Scoot
3: is going to have the ball in his hands a lot, isn't he? So I, where does he stand on that as far as you know? I mean, I can tell you, and this is not, a, I'm not breaking any news here because this is something that he's said, you know, on the record many times and also, you know, having talked to him myself also. If you could ask Dame, who is, what, you know, what? putting aside like Giannis, Jokic, MB, the guys that are like never going to be available in a trade, the re- possibly realistically gettable guys that you could get that you want to play with, who would, be, who would you want to play with? The number one guy on his list would be Mikel Bridges. And right now, Brooklyn has been putting out this messaging that Mikael Bridges is totally untouchable, and he's our franchise player, and we're not even open to considering moving him for the number three pick and Anthony Simons. I think a lot of that might be posturing. I think. You think? I think that's. I don't. I mean, look. I he had a, he he was awesome when he got to Brooklyn from Phoenix. They were below five hundred after the trade deadline and basically avoided the the play in because uh they had banked a bunch of wins in that one month that the kD Kyrie thing was functional before that blew up
1: and because they beat the heat twice
3: yeah and so right. i i think I think that might be a little bit more of an actual possibility than the nets it's kind of it's actually pretty funny if you look at kind of how the how the how the messaging has swung and ethan you've been doing this for even longer than i have you know how kind of this stuff all you know shifts based on who's leaking stuff to who and you know who wants stuff out there when the the night that they got i was actually in the draft lottery room in chicago i was one of the media members that was in the room where i don't know if you've done that before ethan where yeah. they take away your they take away your phone and you get to watch them actually draw the ping pong balls and they don't let you out until they actually show it on tv in the room, when they moved up, they had the fifth highest odds for the pick. They moved up from five to three. And I was talking to somebody in that room who said that they could get some real stuff for the third pick. Like that's mm. that's a valuable enough pick in this draft that they could get like a real needle mover for that pick right. if they wanted to. And then, you know, over the next week, I started hearing on all the national, you know, you and I listen to all the same national podcasts with, you know, all, you, whichever ones you want to name. They're all talking about, like, yeah, I just don't know how valuable this pick is. I just, brook, like, Brooklyn doesn't really want to trade Mikael Bridges. You know, Br- Toronto doesn't really want to trade Pascal Siakam. We're now a week out from the draft. What has the messaging started to be this week? It's been, oh, you know, you really have to blow Portland away with an offer to even be able to get this pick or else they're totally comfortable keeping the pick. Like, it's, tot- it's totally shifted where now it's like, now it's maybe not so much, you know, will Brooklyn give up the third pick, you know, Mikael Bridges for the third pick. Now it's Brooklyn trades Mikael and what for the third pick. That's kind of how it's swung now. But isn't or- that what it should be? I you would think so. I mean, if Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller are really as good as people say he's going to be, like this, you know, they better. I and, and I'll, I'll put. I'll tell you this. Uh, we have kind of a limited sample size of this front office because Joe Cronin took over as general manager in December of twenty one after Neil Olshay got fired. So he's had two trade deadlines, one draft, and one free agency period. He. On draft night last year, he and he and Toronto were talking pretty seriously right up until they were on the clock about a trade that involved the number seven pick and OG Ananobi, okay. which was a move that Damian Lillard wanted because he his whole thing was, you know, I want win now, guys. You got Jeremy Grant, but we need one more guy. And OG was somebody that he wanted, and that was somebody that they thought would be a good fit. Toronto ultimately wanted too much for that pick, for OG in addition. It wasn't just the seventh pick for OG straight up. It would have been like, another pick plus like josh it was like a, it was like a lot of stuff that they wanted and portland decided it was too much to give up and they walked away so if that's what they did with the seventh pick how highly do you think they're valuing the third pick in a better draft so yeah better be getting back somebody like you know uh, Mikel bridges plus other stuff or you know pascal siakam or it doesn't sound like boston is really making jalen brown available but that's the kind of guy that i think they would be interested in also if that became a possibility but that's the type of Thing that they're trying to get done in the next week is bring in somebody like that you know the New Orleans stuff is interesting and I think you know if New Orleans wants scoot that badly which I've heard that they do I think the Zion swing is something Portland would take if that was on the
2: table
1: Alex I want to go to you on this okay some of the stuff that Sean's touched on because I mean,
2: he just got into something real juicy at the end. No, no, I, I,
1: I, no I, I want to make sure we we get this follow up. Uh, no, I, I, no, I you'll get your follow. I just want to go to you now because I, I want to get to this and then uh, and then after the break we will get to the specific heat possibility. But I to you, if I say to you, Alex, you're going to get Mikael Bridges to play with Dame Lillard. I mean, a guy in Bridges who uh, you know obviously blew up when he went to the Nets. I mean, not the best efficiency as the season went on, but. But obviously, proved to be more than just a really good three and D wing, right? I mean, is that enough for Portland to compete? I mean, if, if you were, if you were Dame, what would you be asking for to compete in the West? I guess.
3: Well, we just, you you were going through the teams, outside of Denver. You know, we I think there's no reason to think Denver's not going to be as good as they were this year. Next year, that's the one team that I don't really have any question marks about. But, like, go through everybody else that is, like, you could maybe see as a contender in the West, you know. Uh, Golden State is kind of near the end of their run, and, they're you know, those guys are older, and Clay isn't the same guy that he was. Phoenix, there's going to be a lot of changes there, you know, they don't know what the Chris Paul situation is going to be, or if they're going to let him go, or they're going to replace him. Durant obviously has you know had some trouble staying healthy since he got there. The Clippers always have all kinds of health issues. Uh we just found out this morning that John Morant is going to be suspended for 29 games or not 29, 25 games rather. So that's, you know, a whole thing with Memphis. You know, even if New Orleans they'll you know, keeps this group together, the Zion health stuff. Like you go down the list outside of Denver, there's not really a sure thing. So I and I'm not saying I agree with this or don't, but if you're Dame and you look around it, basically there's not a Kevin Durant Warriors level like juggernaut that nobody can even possibly compete with in the West. If you have Mikhail Bridges and, you know, Jeremy Grant and, you know, Dame, I something else I've heard that is that Dame has been working behind the scenes. Assuming Portland can get something big done with this pick in terms of trading for a guy, Dame has been trying to get guys to come. I got free agents like on the mid-level or something like and he has guys that I don't know the names of them off the top of my head But there are guys that would be interested in coming if they can get this first big move done with the pick So Dame feels like I mean, he doesn't he isn't saying like you have to get me something that makes us a title favorite He's saying you have to get us to where we feel like we have a shot And when you go through that list of teams in the west outside of denver I don't see why they wouldn't feel like they have at least a shot at being a top four team in the West. And then, you know, you catch the right breaks in the playoffs and maybe you can go somewhere.
2: And that's kind of, I think, uh, the scary part if you're a Heat fan, right, is uh, one of the consequences of this new era of quote unquote parody with, you know, which I'm a fan of. Right. It's cool that like a lot of teams think they have a shot. Um, You don't have teams that feel necessarily unbeatable. You know, the Nuggets awesome team. They did feel a little bit unbeatable for the Heat, especially, you know, with when, when Jimmy looking hobbled, um, already missing another 20 points per game type of guy you weren't expecting to be there in the first place. That's a different conversation, though. What, the point you're bringing up is a really relevant one because it feels like that's always been the thing with Dame, right? And I think it was CJ McCollum who said, uh, puncher's chance. And that's just kind of what I always yeah. come back to is he wants a puncher's chance. And that's kind of what he was more or less um, satisfied with in all those years that the Blazers we're kind of in that playoff hunt, uh, you know, getting to the conference finals in 2019, I believe it was, he kind of wants to be back there. And I think now, you know, in his mind, like if trying to relate to where he's coming from, he's obviously made it clear, like you said, that he wants to be there forever. And that's, that would be the preference if if he can compete. And if you were to get, if you were a, a, to attain another co-star of that level, the situation looks kind of better. You know, it's an older, more, um, I just think more masterful Dame, you know, a wiser version of him. But not only that, you know, Jeremy Grant is a third option. Pretty nice. Probably the best third option he, you know, he's had uh, at that point. But I think it all comes down to are these types of guys that he wants actually available Um, when it comes to Bridges and Siakam, those types of dudes. um, It feels like a lot of it has to do with what the franchise also wants to do. Um, Their respective franchises, do they want to go for the – um a retool where they try to stay competitive or is it a full-on rebuild where you trade that star player and i think either one of those guys you know siakam and bridges would would give the blazers that quote-unquote punches chance even though they, they wouldn't be anybody's favorites to get out of the west but i think they would be in that mix in that playoff mix so what i'm gonna ask you and also outside of the zion thing if you want to comment further, we can talk on that. about the
3: Zion thing if you want. That's not a secret. Yeah. I,
2: I've so, been I've
3: been talking about that all week. Whatever you want to get into, man.
2: It's just great. I mean, man, the, the idea of Zion ending up over there is is kind of a fun one to well, consider. Well, because the Blazers well.
1: haven't had enough history with guys who've had injury problems. Oh, well, it's a I mean, the
3: Zion the Zion thing's an upside play. Is, 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 that's all, that's all that is. Is is you know if you know you know what what we know about this front office, and it's a limited sample size because, like I said, it's only been one draft, one free agency period, two trade yeah. deadlines. They take swings on upside. They Last year, once they decided to keep the pick and not trade it to Toronto and they decided to actually take a player, the two guys that they were kind of torn between were Shaden Sharp, who they ended up taking, and then Dyson Daniels, who went one pick later to New Orleans at number eight. And the idea was that Dyson Daniels was more of like a ready-to-contribute-from-day-one and be a rotation player on a playoff team type of guy— whereas Shaden was going to take a little bit longer to develop, but if he hits, he could be an all-star, and they decided to go after the upside. The Zion thing, obviously, would be a massive risk because of the health stuff and, you know, all the intel that there is about his work ethic and his family stuff and whatever else, Uh, but I think that's the highest upside move that there would be on the board, where you feel like, you know, if... it It would have to come down to looking at his medicals, because I think that if... You know, for example, like I haven't heard anything about the Clippers being interested in moving Kawhi Leonard, but I don't think they would trade for Kawhi Leonard. I don't think they would trade this pick for Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard has a degenerative knee condition that's just not going to get better, and it's always going to be something that's going to be there, and they're going to have to monitor, and he's only going to be able to play forty. What 50 about Paul games
1: George? What about Paul George?
3: That's like probably the line, okay, of guys they would think about. But I also haven't heard that the Clippers are really right. looking at that. My point being. They would not be interested, like if Zion came back, if Zion's medicals came back and he has some sort of degenerative thing like what Kawhi Leonard has, where it's just always going to be something that you're going to have to monitor, then I think at that point they wouldn't do it. But if they get the intel back that the issues with his, you know, health, you know, health, you know, injuries, you're staying healthy, all that kind of stuff is just kind of like stress injuries that if he lost some weight and got in better shape, that stuff would go away. I think they would take the gamble that a change of scenery and being around Dame and kind of having a different, you know, you know, a different situation would lead to him maybe taking that, some of that stuff more seriously. And then the upside of if he's healthy, that, you know, Dame and Zion together could be pretty dangerous. I think that's a gamble they would take at that point. I, I just, again, I, I just keep coming back to this because I know it's
1: a totally different front office and a different era. But when I'm thinking Bowie, Walton, Roy, and Odin, right, I'm like, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like there's didn't. no more cursed franchise in the entire NBA with this. And now kind of
2: you're j- like, you're like per- intentionally jinxing it with your powers, your jinx powers. I, I know, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm,
1: just, I'm just saying. Well, I'll tell, history, I'll tell I'll you this. I maybe, well,
2: how about this? Maybe some of those demons were
3: exercised this year if you believe in that stuff because. The Blazers sent Brandon Roy as their lottery yes. representative this year, which he was also their lottery representative in 2007 when they won the lottery to draft Greg Oden. And they sent him this year. This was the first time he had done anything with the organization since his career ended, because I think there was some animosity about how that's... I think he felt like the, the decision for him to medically retire was made by them to save money.
1: Right. But
3: so like this was like the first time they've kind of brought him back into the fold and they didn't win the lottery but they moved up from five to three so there's still some good vibes there so maybe you exercise if you believe in any of that kind of karma or basketball god stuff maybe they exercise some of those demons by bringing brandon roy back into the mix and maybe you know their reward for that is going to be if they end up doing a trade with new orleans and bringing zion in then you know he's going to start taking his conditioning and stuff seriously and he's going to lose 50 pounds and stay healthy and they're going to be a title contender who knows well i mean, on look. I'm on paper, if you look for a guy to play with Dame Lillard, you might pick Zion. But
1: it's just <laughs> – right. But it just – would happen absolutely- Every time he's been healthy, he's been a top five player in the league. Well, he's just not healthy. Ever. He's just not healthy. All right. Well, we're, we're going to talk more about the, the specific heat possibility here in a second. And I also want to ask uh, Sean, you know, what happens if, if, uh, the, if Scoot falls to three? I, I kind of feel like I know what they'll do. But if he doesn't, do they just take Brandon Miller and go on from there? We do want to mention something, though. It's not a sponsor, but it's a feed. And you can find – A lot of exclusive content. It's called Off the Floor. It's an extension of five on the floor. I think we're hitting 500 subscribers today. You can see some of what we do there. Uh, We alert you. Whenever we have new content, we tell you about it first. We post the links there. But also, Greg and I give you any intel that we're hearing from anywhere. Uh, Before we put it on Twitter, we put some things there we don't put on Twitter. We kind of lead you a certain direction. A lot of times you'll find stuff on Off the Floor two, three days before it hits Twitter. And then Alex and Brady handle all of these schematics, the stats, all of that stuff. There We do long posts, um, and we do Q&As there also. It's Baker's free. Maybe
2: doing draft guides.
1: Yes, draft guides. Actually, Greg's put up one of his three right now. And here's a cool thing. You get text directly to your phone, so you don't even have to open Twitter. And, look, it's too much. Sometimes Greg tends to post at 6 in the morning when he's really excited. Make sure you hit the hide alerts, uh, and you just – whenever you, you turn it back on again, you'll see uh, all of the text. So check it out. It's off the floor. It's free for the first week and three dollars and five cents. How do we come up with that uh, per month? Or you can actually save some money by going thirty dollars for the entire year. So check it out at off the floor. Really, if you listen to this podcast, you should be subscribed there. I just that's that's all I'm saying. You should be subscribed there. And it's a lot less than some of these other subscriptions. All right. Let's get to it uh, here, Sean. So what what he fans want to know. So, okay, let's say the draft plays out. And let's say that nothing happens, which usually is the case, right? So it's
3: within the realm of possibility.
1: Okay. So let's say uh, Wemby goes first. I think we kind of know that. Uh, let's say that Charlotte, which, you know, Jordan's making this pick or his team is making this pick, even though he's leaving ownership or sold the
3: team.
2: And well, the now, guy. That's, making the pick? My
3: understanding actually is that he's A, Jordan is retaining a minority stake, and the guy that's buying the majority stake was already a minority owner. So he it's, wants, not like, he it's not like a Suns-Matt Ishbia situation where a guy is coming in totally from the outside and then 24 hours after he officially becomes the owner of the team, he says, okay, we're trading everything for Kevin Durant. Like, I don't think, I've actually, you know, I woke up this morning and saw that news, and so I obviously it affects Portland pretty directly, so I was asking around some people I know in Charlotte. And from everything I heard, this whole process has been kind of expected, and I they, mm-hmm. people don't think that the news today is really going to affect things one way or the other. but, I take Scoot? Did I take Scoot? I have no idea. I, can't I, mean, hear, I mean,
1: should I mean? Okay, look, they again. should. I if I
3: if I were them, like if I if I were if I were the one making the decision, I think that they have maybe the worst base of talent in the league, and they should just take the most talented player on the board and not worry about whether it's a fit with Lamelo. Like I, I, that's what I would do. But everything I've heard is that they still really like brandon miller but again remember a year ago go the week going into the draft everybody was talking about how it was a lock that uh, jabari smith was going to be the number one pick and then 24 hours before the draft like right. the lines moved wildly on the betting stuff and then that suddenly now everybody thinks paolo banquero is going to go number one so right everything i'm hearing is it's still brandon miller but i'll you know i will believe it when they actually make the pick a week from now
2: so I mean, it's funny just to think of like the idea of you know not pe- not picking Scoot because you think Lamelo. I mean, what are you even preserving there? Like, you you want Lamelo to be this not taking neutral. Michael
3: Jordan because you already had Clyde Drexler to use. I mean,
2: it's a positional. Exactly. Thing. No, no, and plus in the NBA, like you need multiple creators. I don't think Lamelo Ball yeah. leading a heliocentric offense is the vision for the future. Lamelo like,
3: Ball should not be a reason you don't take Scoot Henderson if you think he's the best player. Just like Eddie yeah. Jones shouldn't have been a reason you don't take Dwayne Wade, which I've reminded eleven <laughs> Exactly. Of. Every 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 time
1: I've run into Dan since because he wrote a column that night saying you had Eddie Jones why would you take Dwayne yeah what, what you do is you move Dwayne to point guard for one year and then you eventually move Eddie Jones yeah, yeah no, it's, a it's, a, you, you a take
3: when you're in Charlotte's position you aren't in a position to be a, afford to be able to not take the most talented player but they'll screw can. it up though I mean they've of course literally they will
1: screw up every single pick
3: of right? course they right. will there's a reason that they're in the position that they're in so. Right now, I'm operating under the assumption that Brandon Miller is going to be what they do it too, but I don't know that.
2: So the follow-ups here, right? There's a, there's a couple of quick ones. What are the chances in your eyes that they land, the Blazers do, one of these types of guys that Lillard, Lillard is going to think you know gives them a punching chance? That's one. The other is if they don't and they take whoever it is, Scoot, Brandon Miller, Cam Whitmore, some people are saying is, is better than
3: the Twins. Than-
2: Yeah, the the Thompson twins, whichever one, (laughs) do you believe the whole, you know, idea that he is going to want out after that?
3: I can't really handicap the chances that every, that any of these trades happen. I mean, the, the default assumption with any trade is that it's not going to happen because these trades are really complicated to put together, especially when you're talking about the type of salary that you have to move around. A lot of times they're going to have to get a third team involved. So you always default towards a trade that's being talked about not happening as opposed to happening. So I would just I'm going to cop out here and say it's a coin flip. As far as what happens if they keep the pick and use the pick dame might at that point want out but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get traded because just like i don't think they're going to trade the third pick if they don't see a deal they like they're not going to trade dame if they don't see a deal that they like for him either even if he wants out like they're they're not just gonna like his situation
1: right by him sean just to do right by him
3: no because they have to protect themselves too they have to decide No, I, I get it
1: they they yeah. have their own interest All right, but yeah. let, let me pivot because there's so many layers to this and this is yeah. I, this, this is why we had you on today so to, to follow on Alex's question here. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. So l- l- let me take you through what potentially could happen next Thursday night. Wemby's going first. We know that. Right. Number two pick. Let's say it's not determined three days before. Let's say that you just go into the draft and we don't know. And all of a sudden, Brandon Miller, uh, excuse me, you know, is is he goes to Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. So Scoot is on the board for Portland. At that point, do you think that some of these teams who may covet Scoot? More than they covet Miller, all of a sudden, or maybe Portland's had discussions with these teams, I would assume, before, okay, just so that they're prepared for this, that all of a sudden you get a Toronto, let's say, which, but look at, I mean, look at Van Vliet, right? He's opted out, okay, and they want their playmaker of the future, and Scoot is right there. And we know Masai is one of the most creative general managers in the NBA, right? They got a new coach and all the rest of this, and they're kind of in a weird position in the East, right? Because they're not a contender, but they're not, and Masai doesn't like to be in the middle. OK, and all of a sudden it's like, OK, fine, we'll give you Ananobi. We'll give you this. We'll give you Siakam. And that maybe it actually
3: happens in the moment
1: on draft night. Is is that possible with Scoot falling to three before we get to the Dame aspect of this?
3: I've been saying since they got to third in the lottery that any trade that they make is going to happen while they're on the clock because you have to see what Charlotte does. And it's not And I don't even want to say that, you know, if Scoot goes two to Charlotte, that their pick suddenly uses like loses all of its value because there are teams charlotte is not the only team that might value brandon miller above scoot henderson for example washington is a team that i've heard is trying to move up into the top three i don't think there's anything doable there with portland because they're not interested in bradley beal at all but uh you know that's a team that i've heard is zeroed in on brandon miller if they were able to get up into a position to draft him there are teams that value miller that highly you just it's just a matter of which of those teams that might have what Portland wants values which guy. And that means, you know, this trade might be available at three, depending on what Charlotte does, or it might not be. So I'm sure, I'm I'm sure that the minute that the Blazers front office found out what pick they have, they started working on all these different contingencies. I'm sure they have, like, decision trees in their war room and frameworks for all different kinds of stuff. I'm sure as we speak, Joe Cronin is probably on the phone with whoever from one of these front offices putting together this, like, you know, if this, then this, like, if Scoot is here, can we do this? If Miller is here, can we do this with this other team? I'm sure they have all these contingencies kind of planned out and agreed on and then... Once Charlotte does whatever they decide to do at number two, whether it's keep the pick and take one of those two guys or they maybe do their own trade with the pick for one of these guys, these teams that wants to move up for one of these guys. Then at that point, then they'll have, you know, OK, well, this contingency happened. So this is what's available. And then they'll have five minutes to decide whether to pull the trigger on something. But it's
1: <laughs> it's going to study of the French franchises, future. Franchises. I, I, I want to throw one more name at you before we get to that. Just keep it we're going to get to the
3: heat. Sure. Towns.
1: Would Minnesota would, – would, I, I don't know what Minnesota would do, but would Portland have
3: any interest in Towns? And would Dame have any interest in playing with Towns? I don't think so. I don't think you can pay a center that much money unless it's Jokic or Embiid or Bam.
2: What about one of the Bulls guys? Uh, I know that there hasn't necessarily been smoke with Kamar or for Levine.
3: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I,
1: I, I think most people would – Okay. I don't want to skip over the Bam. Dame would Go view ahead. Bam as a needle mover, I'll tell you that. I, I, I agree, but I some Heat fans would take towns over. And Alex, sorry, I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, I, I
2: was just saying as far as like bull and the, the Bulls they're not are in Levine. Or, they're
3: not interested in Levine. They figure basically they figured out Jeremy Grant was such a good fit next to Dame last year that they basically figured out that they need more Jeremy Grants. They need more big athletic forwards that can defend, which is why the names that I've thrown out there as guys that they are interested in are like the Pascal Siakams and Mikael Bridges. Like, that's the type of dude that they're looking for. I don't think Zach Levine or Bradley Beal really...
2: You know, I wonder if him. OG can get back into the picture here since you mentioned their interest earlier. It would obviously they have like to be him, more the,
3: They like him, but not for the third pick. Okay. That would be like if if Toronto was, you know... Open to like Anthony Simons in the 23rd pick. Like that might be something that could be done. But we, we know how Masai Ujiri values like every single one of Masai's guys is worth five first round picks, and yet they're somehow a 10th seed. But that's another discussion. <laughs> all
1: right. So, all right. So, let, all right. So now let's decision tree. We're going to take our own decision tree before we close here. We're sponsored by Better Edge. I do want to mention prize picks too. Use the code FIVE, get your initial deposit matched up to $100. And again, just like Better Edge, you can play uh, the props there for more than just the NBA. So check them out. Uh, no Stanley Cup playoffs, no NBA Finals, but still MLB. And you can see on there they've got all of the NFL stuff. All the NFL uh, season props are up there. Get in on that Tyreek Hill prop before they raise it because it's ridiculously low. Use the code five F I V E get that initial deposit matched up to hundred dollars. All right, we'll close here with just the Heat stuff. And again, we this is called a thirty-two minute tease, Sean. <laughs> um, so okay, so let's say let's say they get out of the draft. It's Scoot. It's Brandon Miller. It's whatever. And then the next day, nothing happens. And then the next day, Dame is like, "All right, I'm not waiting on this. I'm, I'm, I'm. What would Portland take for him? I mean, you you mentioned before we came on that Tyler Hero and a package of picks is not going to be enough, right? So, yeah. what would they be looking for?
3: At least one piece that is actually like you could say is a tangible blue chip asset. Like, for example, when you know when uh uh Phoenix traded Kevin Durant, they got back Mikhail Bridges, who is a guy that they, you know, that's like the centerpiece and plus the uh, you know, Cam Johnson. They got back like good players in addition to, you know, whatever future picks. You need at least one guy like that. I mean, you basically need the equivalent of, you know, if one of these you know, if Toronto is trading Pascal Siakam to Portland, they're not trading Pascal Siakam for you know, a bunch of future picks, and who knows what they're going to be. They're trading him for the number three pick in the draft, and you know who you're going to be able to take with that pick. They are going to be, if they do decide to trade Dame, which, again, that's like, we're talking about the decision tree, that's like five or six things down from the decision tree, different things would have to go a certain way. If you're trading Dame, you have to get back at least one thing that you can say, this is the thing that we got back for Dame. And I don't think... A bunch of like 2027 20, picks that are probably going to be in the 20s for Miami is really going to move the needle there. I I don't think that's like if they were to tr- if they were to explore trade offers for Dame, I think they would probably play it more like Brooklyn did last summer when Durant asked to be traded, and. They said, you know, they went to him and they said, okay, you know, we'll ask, we'll see what we can get. We'll trade you, but we're not going to trade you if we find a, don't find a deal we like. And then they didn't find a deal they liked and they kept him and he eventually came back around. And obviously at the deadline, Kyrie Irving blew everything up and then they decided to revisit it. But, you know, they didn't find a deal they like, so they didn't just trade him for pennies on the dollar. I think if they try to move him... They would try to do him a solid and, as you put it, do right by him within reason. Like, they're not going to Blake Griffin him and just send him to Detroit or somewhere he has no interest in going. But they're also not going to just trade him for pennies on the dollar because, he, again, he has four years left on his contract, and he's not really the type of guy who's going to do what James Harden did and, like, not show up to training camp or, like, make it into a distraction or make it into a problem. If, they, if he asked for a trade and they didn't trade him, he'd still show up and do his job and be a pro until... Either they found a trade that they liked for him, or maybe he comes around to actually wanting to say, because remember, Kobe wanted out of the Lakers in 2007, and he had veto power over his trade, and he almost got traded to Chicago, but he vetoed it because Luol Deng would have had to be in the trade going back to the Lakers, and he was like, wait, I don't want to be traded if it means... Uh, you know the team that I'm going to has to give up too good of stuff because then the team me going there means we're not a contender. Uh, if Portland is actually talking to Miami about a Dame trade, they're gonna want Bam back, and that obviously completely defeats the purpose for Miami because at that point, like, what are you doing? You're not a contender if you trade Dame or if you trade Bam for Bam for Dame. I don't think there's a team out there right now that checks all the boxes of. They have enough to trade for Dame where Portland would feel like they're getting fair value, but then they'll also have enough left over where they feel like they would still be a contender. And that's why I think ultimately it's not going to happen, even if he eventually decides he wants it. Yeah, we
1: talked about that on the pod last night. I mean, Shaq wanted to come to Miami, but he was like, you're keeping Dwayne. And if he hadn't kept Dwayne, then that wouldn't have happened. And this feels just like Donovan Mitchell all over again. To be honest, Alex, like, doesn't it? Like, it's like Donovan wanted to be in Miami. They wanted Bam. I mean, and the whole purpose. You should of want. You should have to give up a game. lot. The of Dame playing in Miami is Bam. I mean, it's, yeah. I think it's more. It's more Jimmy with Dame than it was with Donovan. But it's it's Bam. Like that's that's yeah. the friendship. That's the link there. Yeah, so.
2: I mean that's the link. And then the other thing, you know, as as you kind of got to at the end there, it, it is tough to find a situation that checks off all those boxes, right? As far as being able to get back a blue chip prospect amongst, I'm, I'm sure they're going to want several. Um, you know, first-round picks and pick swaps of the sort has, has become the norm yeah. for guys of his caliber over the years. And to that end, I wanted to ask, um, so as of right now, again, I, I know that it's already been deemed unlikely. All of that, completely understand why. Heat he fans have already kind of moved on to uh, Bradley Beal as, like, the, the more realistic option. It feels like there's more momentum there. The public flirting has been going on for years where the Dame flirting is still very new. Um, we all know that they're trying to put pressure I mean that he's trying to put pressure on the Blazers, all that. Um, the Heat currently have three first-round picks they can trade. Not to include, that doesn't include Nikola Yovich, uh, who was the 27th pick last year. And um, kind of one of the scenarios that has been that has been floated around in the past is the idea of then trading. And this was this we went over this last summer when the KD and Mitchell stuff was a possibility too. Is to try to get more picks to. Um, satisfy what a team is looking for when trading a superstar Um, the Heat sell off a guy like Tyler Hero to the Spurs um, for a couple of picks and all of a sudden you know you have five available picks plus Jovich and then if you go and you talk to the Thunder to change the protections on the one pick that they owe they have more picks available like there's creative things that any Ellisberg could do and so I wanted to ask you do you think the Blazers if that blue chip prospect isn't available on top of the package that they would be looking for would they settle for just a huge package of future first if it goes from you know three in Yovich to like i don't know five or six in Yovich? because i'm not sure what the exact number would be but something of that nature no
3: because he has four years left in his deal they don't have to trade him at all if they don't see a package that right. fits what they again I, I i understand there's this i mean, I mean the Beale situation is a totally different situation from the dame situation because he actually has veto power over where he goes and Washington is also in a situation where like they just hired a new president of basketball operations and Michael Winger, who clearly he wants to just start over from the from scratch because that that organization has been, you know, in no man's land for 10 years and they'll be happy to just get whatever they can get for Beal and get off the contract. And so this package that you're talking about Miami, you know, offering for Dame, that will probably be able to get them Bradley Beal. So I think that's what's going to end up happening. But. I think Joe Cronin, who doesn't have nearly the kind of, you know, job security and juice that the heat front office has or that, uh, you know, that, you know, that a lot of, you know, these other people have, and especially with Portland's ownership situation up in the air if he trades Dame for pennies on the dollar or what people view as pennies on the dollar, you know, his job security is not all that great, especially with, you know, we don't know what the ownership situation is going to be in a year. If a team gets sold and the new owners had nothing to do with hiring him as general manager, and he just made a bad deal where you traded Dame and didn't get good value back. Like second he's probably- to your coach too, Sean, that's the other thing too. Right. So, I mean, I, I mean, you're not going to get a
1: chance to evaluate that coach in this situation. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think what you're getting at here to a certain degree
3: is, Dame's just too good a guy to force this thing. Yeah, he's not James Harden or Ben Simmons. He's not going to make it into a problem. Because he's built his whole brand and his whole image on, like, I'm the loyal guy that does things the right way. Like, remember when Chris Paul actually wanted out of New Orleans a year before they actually traded him? And there was that whole year where they didn't trade him. He still showed up to work and did his job and was a pro and they made the playoffs that year. And then the next year, you know, the they stuff with... Yeah, I think he had, like, one year left on his contract, and they finally were... You know, they got an offer. They like There was the whole stuff with the veto from the Lakers and the Clippers, whatever. But just because a guy wants to be traded doesn't mean they have to trade him unless he's, like, going into the last year of his contract or he's willing to do what James Harden did and make it into a problem, which I don't think Dame would be. And so because of that, I don't, like dame can say all he wants if he decides he wants out i want to go to miami if miami doesn't have anything to offer that's of interest to portland then and he has four years left on his deal it's just that's not gonna that's not gonna work well and and, and let's just say it
1: dame's not jimmy either Like, Dame's Dame's not going to pull the practice, you know. That's kind of in the
3: same category as the James Harden thing, where, like, you know, when he wanted to get out of Houston, he, like, showed up to camp out of shape and, like, you know, had all his photos of him partying with Lil Baby. This was, like, during the pandemic. but He was, like, going to these clubs and stuff. Like, Dame is not that dude. Dame is not going to do that. And when Dame says he wants to play his whole career in Portland, he 100% is being genuine about that. It's just going to be a question of, you know, can they get what they are trying to get done in the next week done? And if not, then, you know, then what?
1: We went really long with Sean, but we appreciate it. Uh, Check him out at Hyken. Thanks to our sponsors, Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. Picks. use the code 5 I'll just close here. Uh, Dame, just as a player Mm -hmm. right now, as a player, how close is Dame to where he was three, four years ago? In other words, if someone got him, what are they getting right now? Because it seemed to me like – He played at a level this past year that was pretty damn
3: similar to his best All-Star years, right? Like, he hasn't slipped much. He just made third-team All-NBA, and he probably would have made first or second team if the Blazers had a better record. Like, he had, during, like, so the previous season, the 21-22 season, he had that core surgery where he missed most of the season. He needed that surgery really, really, really badly. Like, he had been playing on it for three or four years beforehand, which all makes the level that he played at before that, uh, just even you know, even crazier that he was able to play at that level with that injury because there have been other players you know on the Blazers, Nasir Little, uh, Gary Payton II, like guys who have had that surgery who have ta- I've talked to about batter Who said it was like one of the most painful things that they've had to play through? He got that taken care of, and then you saw what he did last year, and you saw how badly he had needed that surgery. And I think he feels like I know he you know he's he's going to be 33 next season going into you know and, and there's this idea like oh well he's declining. He's still, when he's, you know, and he was mostly, he had a couple of calf things at, at different points during the year. I think he missed like 15 games or something, That, but that's not like anything major or anything serious. But we kind of saw last year he's as good as he's ever been, or just about as close to as good as he's ever been. Which is why it's going to take a lot more to get him if they trade him than it's going to take to get Bradley Beal, who has played, I think, 90 games combined in the last uh two seasons and also has made one all nba team in his career people kind of talk about dame and beal on the same level just because they're like you know it's a similar thing of like two you know scoring guards who have played with one team their whole career that's kind of all the similarities are they are not close to the same caliber of player which is why it's not going to take as much to get beal as it would take to get dame
1: which is why alex we should do more beal podcasts because i feel like that's <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew this was going to happen well, we will on, but it just doesn't. It just. It just doesn't seem particularly likely. I think everybody got
3: excited when he said Miami, but that was uh, entirely about wanting to play with Bam. Just Brooklyn was entirely about wanting to play with Mikael Bridges. If they can get Mikael Bridges to Portland, then you know that kind of puts that to bed. Well, they can't get Bam to Portland.
1: We know that, so that's yeah. what happens. All right, follow him. Uh, check out all of his work. Go to Hiking H A G H I K I N and and I'll just look and. If, we'll be revisiting this in two years with you. I feel like, but for we'll right see. now, I I think the chances. Is- Don't
2: forget the Rose Garden report.
1: Yes, Rose Garden report. Subscribe, and, subscribe, and subscribe to Off the Floor. We've given you guys a lot of stuff to do here, so check all that stuff out. Have a good day, everybody.
4: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the
1: Five Regional Sports.